With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, yes, indeed. How about hour number two on a Wednesday? We hope you're having a great hump day today. We're only three days away from the Texas spring game. Fifteen days from now is the NFL draft, and the Longhorns' first football game is only 143 days away. It's Chad and Zay on this Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings. He's Isaiah Collier. We talked about the NBA. We got our seven seeds last night. Tonight it's the 9-10 matchups to help determine what the eight seeds are going to be. That comes up later in the week. Also, we've been talking Texas spring game, and we're definitely going to do that with our next guest. Again, we're only three days away. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and have our normal Wednesday visit with this man. He is Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com. If you're on Twitter, give him a follow at Justin Wells 2424 if you're following all the Longhorn stuff. Justin, how are you? Hey, now. Man, I am soaking up this beautiful East Texas spring weather. <laughs> yeah, man, we're getting good weather here as well. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, I tried the other day. I had to remind myself because we all know what summers can be. I'm like, okay, you might want to stop and look at these clouds and this beautiful blue sky and seventy something degrees and enjoy it. You might want to soak this up for a little bit because there's going to be a day pretty quick where it's 170 thousand degrees. That's exactly the perspective you have to have when we have nice little windows of weather like this. This is perfect. Good baseball practice weather, good outside doing stuff weather before it gets damn hot for an Indian summer. Yeah, no kidding. And hopefully good weather for this spring game coming up for Texas on Saturday. Uh, Justin, let's go ahead and dive right in uh, with some quarterback talk. We were talking quarterbacks earlier. I asked Zay and the Longhorn fans of what do they want the – the elevator conversation to be for the three quarterbacks coming out of the game. So let me ask it to you this way. What would you tell a Longhorn fan to expect in terms of, you know, reps they will see? Will they see Ewers and Murphy and Arch Manning? Will there be anybody else they'll see? And how do you think things will get divvied up Saturday? That's, that, that's a good question. That's something I think we all want to see. You're obviously going to see Quinn Ewers get get his first team reps. Um, you'll see Malik Murphy getting his reps as well. And then at some point, I think that's when you'll see Arch Manning come in, make a few passes. I wouldn't be surprised if Charles Wright were to get in for a series or two and make a few passes. It's one of those things where you're, you're going to get your reps out of your ones. And, and, and then once you get those done, you get those guys sitting down, get them a juice box, let them enjoy the rest of the <laughs> evening, stay healthy. And, and, and get to see what the young guns get to do because I promise you, a lot of the people that show up to DKR on Saturday want to see what Arch Manning looks like throwing a football in a Texas uniform. Yeah, no doubt. 
Jay Wells, Steve Sarkeesian was on the Pivot Podcast with Shannon Crowder, Ryan Clark, and Fred Taylor. And something he said to those guys was in year three, it's starting to feel way more like his program. The guys are starting to use the same terminology that he likes to use. They look like the guys he wants to bring in. Is that what you're noticing right now leading up to the spring game on Saturday? That, man, this looks like a serious team once they get off the bus, a team that could go to Arlington and win a Big 12 championship? That's what we were talking about before spring ball. We thought, you know, that's one of the data points. These are Sark's guys now. It takes a few years for a head coach to get in, infiltrate all, all, the, all the things he can, and bring in guys that he wants at each spot. And now he not only has his guys, he has competition at a lot of these positions, which is essential to his, you know, coaching philosophy. He, he derives that from Pete Carroll when he was at USC where it was just constant competition at every spot. And he noticed how much better the program and the players were because of that. You're seeing that right now. And, and Sark's enjoying that. He gets to kind of look around and go, okay, this is what I built. This is what we're looking for, for me to run what I want to on offense and defense. These are the parts and, and pieces I need to, to, to flourish and so it's, you know, I loved that, that podcast and interview. I thought that was a really introspective look into Sark and kind of his vision and the program and things of that sort. I thought that was, that's a must watch. We had a story, uh, at inside Texas, Eric, uh, you know, uh, recapped it. It was a really good interview. You got to check it out. But, you know, Sark was in his element there. And I think, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing some confidence. And when you get your guys and you feel good about, the direction of the program and you feel good about the talent that you're getting to coach and develop, you can see it in his face. You you can see it in his eyes. And I think that was the biggest takeaway for me with that, with that podcast, with the pivot, because you're, you're seeing Sark. He's happy. He's hungry. And it looks like he's, he's getting ready to, to unleash all the, the goodness that he's been building up for the last two and a half years. Talking with Justin Wells inside Texas. Uh, Justin, obviously a lot of people have different ways of watching an actual football game, watching line of scrimmage. I love to watch the ball. I watch the receivers. I love defense, all that stuff. Talk to me about a spring game, though, because so much of it can be fake. So Not fake, but it's so much of it can be overblown one way or the other. Too much good, too much bad. It's your team playing your team, so how much of it you take of it you know, that's really real? You've been doing this a while. When you go into a spring game, where do you look first? What do you focus on? Number one, most important, year after year, never changes. Injury free. There you go. That is number one, numero uno. There is nothing else that matters on Saturday to anybody involved in the Texas program other than getting healthy, staying healthy, injury free. That is the most important. Then we can start talking about what do we look for after that? Mm-hmm. Because the injury part is always number one. After that, you know, you want to see what some of the young guys, some of the uh, early freshmen that enrolled, that was a nice group that came in again this year. You want to see what they look like in pads. You want to see what they look like in a, in a, in a, in a controlled environment, somewhat of, of game speed. It's going to be kind of like a um, – it's going to be kind of like a, a nice scrimmage. 
Uh, I, I think I like how Sark's going to divvy up the teams, and so it's not like ones on ones, twos on twos. That way, they can you can get a little bit of a different feel for playing someone different necessarily, maybe across the ball a few times. Um, but with spring game, you just want to see the veterans that are, are have been developing over the last few years, notably Quinn Ewers. You want to see what he looks like. Last year, if you remember, people didn't know what to expect from Ewers, and the guy came out and was fantastic. Got to see the arm and the accuracy early and often, and I think that was the biggest takeaway from last year. This year it'll be a little similar. They want to see, you know, Quinn's development. They want to see some development from some other spots. Um, of course, at quarterback, they're not necessarily live, so you can't hit them. But ultimately, you, you, you want to see some scores and some touchdowns. You don't want to see too many because then you think, wow, this is a zero-sum effect. Yeah. The defense didn't do well. You don't want to see the defense do really, really well because then you start questioning, man, is this offense going to be ready for the fall? Or You don't want to overthink any of that. You go into it with the mindset, get out of this sucker healthy. That's first and foremost. And then after that, let's see what the development with some of the veterans looks like. Let's see some of those guys that we've been hearing and reporting about in spring practice, how they've been coming along and flashing and making plays. And then those early enrollee freshmen, you definitely want to see what those kids look like when they finally got the burnt orange on and it's more of a game atmosphere at the college level. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Jalen Ford, Jay Wells got hosed last year for Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and we know what he could bring to the table. But who is going to take that spot of Agent Zero who's going to get drafted in a couple of weeks? And we know LaFowl and Anthony Hill have so much upside, but they're only freshmen. And Morris Blackwell, not proven yet like we would want him to be, or Dave Benda. What, what can we expect from the linebacker position, not talking about Jalen Ford this Saturday? It's going to be um, one of those things where you gather info in the aggregate. Uh, you're going to see Anthony Hill play. He, he's done well so far in spring ball. You're going to see Leona LaFowle. Those are the two freshmen that everyone talks about. And trust me, it, they're, they're worth their weight and gold. Those guys are going to be multi-year starters at the University of Texas down the road. But you also want to see David Benda. You want to see the progression he's made because we've heard good stuff from him. Mo Blackwell. That's a kid that just has hyper-athleticism, can, can, can do a lot of things from the safety position, the hybrid position. I know he's gone down to play some linebacker as well. He's a guy that makes plays on the field. Ultimately, you don't want to have to rely on true freshmen at linebacker in the 2023 season, theoretically. Now, at some point during the year, they're no longer going to be freshmen. They're going to be guys that have played enough in the trenches to be, you know, regular guys, and, and they'll earn that respect from their teammates. But at the same time, I want to see what David Bender can offer. I want to see what Mo Blackwell can offer. I want to see what those guys can do because ultimately it needs to be a position of depth. You know what you got in Jalen Ford. You know what you got in some of those guys. But ultimately, what can you rely on in the fall? And I think we'll, we'll get, get a good idea. We'll get a little bit of a glimpse of, of what those linebackers can do on Saturday. Justin, uh, back to the other side of the ball. We know Sark loves to take his shots. I'm sure he will in the spring game. So for you, give me the scripting of it. How far into the spring game do you want to see a long, a deep shot? And who do you want to see catch it? Oh, good question. 
Um, I mean, if you're talking deep shots, I mean, let's talk about the king, you know, Quinn Ewers, kid that can throw a football 80, 80, yard, 80 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was a deep shot to Isaiah Nayor, probably the play of the game. It got to show people, holy crap, that's a good arm. <laughs> that was a good you know? play, yeah. And so I think that, you know, so if, if I don't know. It, it, you know, maybe fans want to see Quinn connect with A.D. Mitchell on runs like that. But I have a feeling fans know that they, that, that Quinn's going to be one of those deep shot guys this year. And, and, and you've got guys, you know, like an A.D. Mitchell and then I, hopefully an Isaiah Nayor coming back from injury and, and, and John T. Cook and, and, and those guys to be able to do that. And that way Worthy's not, you know, pressed into that as much. But I think people want to see Arch Manning crank one. Mm. I think they want to see him. Through. And you know who else? You know, Arch Manning's the accurate one of the guys. You know who's got a cannon is Malik Murphy. Mm, and yeah. so I'm going to go with Malik. Okay. I, I, think, I think the fans know what they got in Quinn Ewers and what they can see. But let me tell you something. There is a hose on that right shoulder of Malik <laughs> Murphy. Okay? Hand cannon. All right? Pat, you know, going through the radar detector in an airport style. <laughs> and I want to see Malik Murphy chunk that sucker and see who's fast enough to run under it and catch it. Okay. Let's piggyback on that a little bit, Jay Wells, because Chad asked me and the people uh, during the show what I want to see out of the three quarterbacks. And for Malik, I want to see if something were to happen to Quinn Ewers, God forbid anything happened to him. But if something were to happen – would Malik be able to still get this team to the Big 12 championship? Yeah, that question's not going to get answered on Saturday. Um, you can have an idea of what he'll look like in this next, you know, in, in, in the upcoming season this fall, get an idea of, of, of his grasp of the offense, uh, timing routes, you know, the, the, the intermediate stuff, the, the stuff that requires, you know, pinpoint accuracy, not necessarily a cannon. And so uh, if you want to know if Malik Murphy can be the guy to lead Texas uh, to a Big 12 championship, God forbid, if yours goes down in the fall, the spring game is not going to tell you that. Uh, what the spring game is going to show you is his, his physical tools and how well he can operate within the, the, the scrimmage uh, construction of, of, of a Texas practice. And so you're not going to get that answer on Saturday. But what you want to see is Malik Murphy have good timing and good chemistry with his receivers when he's out there. Because, like you said, in this day and age, you never know when those guys get the call. And then once they do, that's when we're going to learn what Malik Murphy can and cannot do. So, Justin, in terms of Texas fans going to this game, uh, since it is in their DNA, let me ask about the running back position. It's important to them. They're losing two really good ones. They know that. They'd love to see somebody stepping up. What do you feel like you can learn at the running back position in a spring game? Is there anything that you can really take out of a spring game? What are you looking for? Yeah, you can. I mean, if anything, they're going to run the ball a lot. And so, you know, with, with Brooks, can he be steady and ready? You know, he, he was a little dinged up at the end of last season. I know he's trying to get healthy and, and, and go, you know, full board. So can he be steady and ready? Cedric Baxter, uh, you know, how much of the offense can he digest to be ready? I mean, you, know, you don't often want many freshmen playing, you know, uh, uh, you know, in the season if you can avoid it. But Baxter, if, you, if you're going to have a spot, you can do that at your running back that can make an impact. And so Cedric Baxter, we're going to see what he kind of looks like going between the tackles. 
The guy that we hear the most about is Savion Red. I want to see that burst. I want to see that that in between type style run that that, that he's you know he he's got some giddy up to him, and so I want to see what kind of he looks like. And ultimately, you know, you you, you can take a little bit away from a spring game in a run with the running backs just to kind of see there's patience how they hit holes, how they bounce off tackles, things of that sort. That We can find that out during a scrimmage, and I, I like that. And so we're going to get an idea of what Brooks and Baxter and Savion and, and Red and those guys are looking like. But right now, um, I, I want to see what Baxter looks like in a, in a Texas uniform. I, I know he's going to be a guy that's going to be relied on down the road. And, and the new guy in the backfield, Savion Red, I am really eager to see what he can do because – from everything we've heard and reported, this is a guy that, that, that really has stuck to that tailback position since moving from receiver earlier this year. Yeah, there's that clip going around social media of Savion Red scoring a touchdown and B. John Robinson going crazy on the sideline. But, Jay Wells, let's get to the basketball court. I know this hurts you just as much as it hurts me. Arterio Morris, our guy entering the transfer portal. When you heard about this, what did you think? And, you know, what does that mean for the Horns and Coach Terry on bringing somebody in to replace somebody like that? Well, we kind of knew it was coming. And it's one of those things where, you know, I say this a lot, but the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. And and sometimes when it giveth, it, it's awesome, and sometimes they take some guys that they need to, and sometimes they take some guys you really like. Arterio Morris, in my personal opinion, is getting some pretty bad advice. I think he would have been a pivotal guy for Rodney Terry's basketball team this year. I think we only got to see glimpses of it last year. I mean, Listen, that second half of the season, Arturo Morris was a guy that he relied on off the bench. He'd give you about seven, eight, maybe nine minutes, play really good defense. He's a great ball handler who can create his own shot surprisingly well. Um, and he's just hyper-athletic, can get to the basket. You know, We saw what he can do in transition. I was really hoping Arturo Morris would stay in Austin so you get to, you could see more of him this year because that's a guy that's going to play in the NBA one day. But that's not the case. We're, we're in a world where if, you know, say parents don't like the amount of playing time you're getting, they will, you know, get involved. Family members, brokers, people that hang around a lot like to get involved. They like to tell people how good they are before they're really that good. And so Arterio Morris is that kid that I felt like maybe the people around him think he's better than he is already. Whereas he's going to be a great basketball player. Like I said, he's going to play in the NBA, but he's not there yet. I think he averaged, what, four points a game this year? He's not there yet. And I want to say Rodney Terry's offense would have been more conducive for something he does, considering Chris Beard's was not. And so this is an example of I feel like a kid getting a little bit bad advice, uh, trying to find a greener pasture where uh, the one that you were on on the 40 was actually pretty damn green as it is. This was a guy that was going to get a lot of playing time at Texas this year. Now he's on the move. I'm disappointed. Wanted to see his growth, but this is a decision him and his family made. I've heard Indiana could be the spot. There's a couple other schools in the mix. I hate to see it, but that's the day and age we live in, guys. And in college basketball, you can literally build a roster in one off season out of the portal and be competitive enough to go to the Final Four. And so Texas is going to have to, to, to replace that kid, and it's going to be tough. Arturo is a damn good basketball player who's got as much upside as anybody, 
it's just disappointing. He's going you won't see that fulfilled in Austin. That is Justin Wells. Check out InsideTexasOn3.com. As we get closer to the spring game, he's at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Add it to your follow list if you're heading out to DKR on Saturday. Justin, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy that great weather while it lasts, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Will do, guys. Nothing but love. Good stuff. Next, Thanks, Wells. next week, of course, we'll be reviewing what we see in the spring game and trying not to overreact to too much on offense and defense. He got into a little bit of that issue. We all go through it. If you're a fan of a college football team, you have to face the spring game truth of, I want offense, but not too much. Not too much, because what does that say about the defense? I need defense, but not too much. Let's not have too much, because then it might mean the offense is bad. you got to have the balance, Zay, of both sides. And then, obviously, he brings up the most important thing. You want to stay healthy. Yeah, don't get that Kool-Aid out. You're good with the tang. That's right. Sip on the tang. Don't gulp it. Yeah. Just sip on it real slow. slow. Yeah, slow sips. Real slow. And you be all right on Saturday. Don't use that big giant cup. Hell no. The one that's down there in the low part of the, the cabinet that you never go to except for special yeah. parties and stuff. Don't do that one. Do that smaller cup. And you don't need no extra sugar for the tang either. No. Don't get greedy. Just drink the tang as it is. Watch the game on Saturday. Stay even killed. Yeah, it's a good advice. Good advice. It's hard to do, but it's good advice, I know, for uh, for fans. Thanks to Justin for his time. Up next, let's get you the Flex segment. Wednesday Night Flex tonight. We'll get you those guests again. They're going to have a big-time coach and player from the area. One of those, uh, and the player, is headed on to college. The coach is going to be coaching one of the big-time teams in the area, and he had a big day today with some of his guys. We'll tell you who's going to be on the show tonight. Plus, oh, looky here, Longhorn fans, guests who's coming for a visit spring game weekend if you've been listening you know the name this is the horn another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad and Zay. Is this a big monster name? I don't think so. Okay, because I read 65 Love Affair. And that's what it's called, right? 65 Love Affair? Um, So it's not like a Billy Joel or something like that. It's not that big a name. No. Um, 65 Love Affair. It's kind of got that Yacht Rocky feel to it. Who is this? Um, Steely Dan? Nope. Paul Davis. Nah, yeah, I wasn't getting there. Paul Davis. All right. Yeah. I just never. I knew the song, but I never didn't know that name. Paul Davis, Neil Diamond, and Slaughter have gotten us started today. Quite a Wednesday already on the show. Remember, tomorrow at two, we're gonna go album into the album discussion with Jelly Rolls. A what's it called? A beautiful disaster. And Little Kim's 
Hardcore. That's going to be at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, i got to get through that jelly roll. Somebody was asking us, who's listening to a jelly roll album? What are you doing? Somebody wanted us to know he used to be, I guess at some point along the line, he would have been considered a rapper. I mean, like a, they described him as a gangster rapper. I don't know what? if that is the case. Nah, but then nah. maybe things changed along the uh, way. He ain't no gangster rapper. I have not heard. Is there rapping involved or not? Yeah. There is. Okay. Yeah. It, it sounds like he's one of your favorites already. <laughs> I cannot wait for tomorrow at two o'clock, and I'm gonna I'm gonna save my feelings on the Lil Kim album until tomorrow. But I am glad that I finally listened to a Lil Kim record for the first time. All right, so we'll get to that at two o'clock tomorrow. Two o'clock today, it's Chip Brown of Horns247.com. His thoughts on the spring game as we are three days away and what he's going to be looking for. Right now, though, we'll tell you what to look for in the Wednesday night flex show. Plus, who is coming to visit for the spring game? Longhorn fans, you need to know the name. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Wednesday night flex tonight at 7 o'clock, and they will be talking to a couple different uh, different guys. One is a former player at Westlake that is now headed to Kansas, Keaton Kubeka. You probably know that name from the last couple seasons. He will be on the show with them in studio. And then Dripping Springs football coach Galen Zimmerman will be on the show. Uh, Zay, today is a day where a lot of the schools are doing some signing day stuff. So, national letters of intent, multiple sports, and I did see that Dripping Springs, they did the official signing for um, Garen Duncan, who's going to Yale, the receiver, and one of their offensive linemen that I really liked watching, Reed Robinson, who did a good job against Vandegrift in that opener, did a pretty good job on Damian Wimberley the first time they they, faced him. Mr. Wimberley had a decent night the second night they faced him. Right. 99 made some adjustments later on. Definitely did. But they contained him really well that first night. And Reed has uh, signed to go to Southwestern. So he is going to be a pirate. A uh, little bit on the maybe you know, a little bit on the smaller side when it comes to offensive line, but man, he goes to work. He is tough as nails, does a great a great job. So shout out to those guys at Drip. Uh, and again, their head coach is going to be on tonight, the Wednesday night. Flex show. Uh, also, Zay, apparently us talking about this guy, it's just starting to spread the word. We've been telling people about Adrian Wilson. Uh, shout out to our guys. It was Zach Lucero, the Flex crew, who let me know about him. Hey, you guys need to be talking about this Weiss receiver. And the video, we, we, we retweeted that video of that incredible one-handed catch at a 7-on-7 seven seven event, and then things just started rolling for him. And we've been talking about offers from Oregon, Ole Miss, and Utah were the last three. Well, he's going to visit Texas this weekend. That's what I'm talking about. How about that, Longhorn fan? That's huge. He has let the folks at uh, UT know he is going to be on campus on Friday, and I'm assuming he'll be hanging around for the spring game. So Adrian Wilson, this is class of 25 wide receiver, so he still has, what, two more years at Weiss. He'll be a junior this year, but a really talented receiver. That Weiss program is one to check out and uh, and keep in mind, but if you're a Longhorn fan, there is some good news. So a lot of offers going on, visits going on this time of year, and we love seeing it. Remember, if you've got 
somebody that's taking a visit, getting an offer, a name you want to get out there, be sure to tag FlexATX on your social media, and they will spread the word uh, and uh, and get those stories out there. So congrats to all the kids getting those type of opportunities uh, right now. It's fun to see those at FLXATX on social media. Spring game coming up. That's not a bad weekend to go in if you're a recruit. No, not at all. Right? Check out the spring game. Yeah, especially see the new wide receiver coach, Chris Jackson, see him work and see if y'all could connect or stuff like that. Yeah, not a bad decision at all to come in for the spring game. And if I'm a guy like Adrian Wilson, I also get to take a look at, and you you mentioned it, the new coach, obviously. How does the new coach fit in with what Coach Sark wants to do? But then also, you're going to get a look at a receiver class that has some big-time freshmen. How do they get used in a spring game? Right. You know, I and mean, these guys, I'm sure, are educated enough to know who's coming in early, who's not. They'll know that Jontae Cook's been in early, right? They'll know he's an early enrollee. They've probably heard that name. So then they'll get to see what he looks like. By the way, Jontae Cook, I believe it's number two on the jersey. Yeah, he got two. Yeah, there you go. Pay attention for uh, for that name, just to throw out one of those flex names. Not that he's in the flex area that we've been talking about, but that DeSoto team kind of uh, became legendary around the state, and obviously we were following Jonte Cook and uh, and Wisner for that matter, too, because he's gonna he's in this group as well. Um, yeah, I don't think he's on campus yet. But he, right, he's, he wasn't, he didn't come in early. No. Okay, gotcha. So he's not a part of the spring game. Correct. Well, you still got that to look forward to. I know. It's nice. Look at you. It's nice. Longhorn fans got all kinds of uh, talent coming in and different uh, different areas. Uh, we do the flex segment every day at 1.30. Uh, a lot of stuff on the board today, obviously football-wise, but we've also been talking some basketball. We hit the Lakers and Hawks winning earlier in the show. While we have a couple minutes, Zay, give me your thoughts on tonight. We got Chicago at Toronto in the East. The winner will have to beat Miami on Friday to get that eight seed. You have a feel here for who you like, Chicago or Toronto? Um, no, not really. Both teams definitely underachieved this year. There's been talks about Zach Levine being traded and him not meshing with DeMar DeRozan. And both of those guys averaged around 25 this year. So the problem with them is everybody <laughs> else. You know, that's yeah. they just got Patrick Beverly, so... Whatever, I don't really know well, if that's I mean, the addition. They're or, set. Yeah, they're good. They're they should, good then. Yeah, they should make the playoffs now with him. <laughs> yeah, you no know. problem. He's the savior. He's basically <laughs> another, you know, Damon Stoudemire. But anyway, <laughs> they got on on the Raptors team, Fred Van Vliet, he's still there. Pascal Siakam, he's one of the top players in the league. So, you know, the Raptors, they have one of the best starting fives in the league. They just – the bench isn't good. And then you hear – Talks about their coach, you know, who had won a championship with them, where he could go next if they don't get to that eighth seed. So that's a very interesting game tonight. I don't have a winner. That's a coin flip for me. But, you know, maybe Drake will show up. And if Drake shows up. That's always a factor. That's a huge factor. If Drake shows up, I got Raptors. If he doesn't show up, I got Bulls. Now that's a good breakdown. I like that. (laughs) I can respect that level of breakdown. Thank you. That's 6 o'clock tonight on ESPN. It will be followed by the 8.30 tip in New Orleans. It's Oklahoma City at New Orleans. Way better game. 
yeah, this feels like ah, and then you know, last night the Western Conference game was better in terms of the drama and the story. It was a closer game throughout. You think we get a good game in the late one? Yeah, I do. I really love CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram. These guys, they're not supposed to be here either, but it's because Zion Williamson. It's just you can't rely on him, and it's a shame. You know, I. At this point, you, everything was going so well when he was healthy and in the lineup. Like, they were flirting with a number one seed, and then he gets hurt in early January, and now they're maybe not even going to make the playoffs because they're fighting for their lives in the playing game. Mm-hmm. So is he going to be just one of those guys? Like, we already knew him coming into the league with all that weight that he has and how high he jumps and coming down on those legs. You just were worried. And it's always knee issues, leg issues, hamstrings. It's always going to be that. And it's a shame because the Pelicans, when they got C.J. McCollum, they were supposed to be a really good team. So I know they're not where they want to be, and I got them to win tonight, but – Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, those boys could go. Like SGA, he's one of my favorite players in the league. I got I see a lot of people in national media who cover the NBA say he should be first team all league. I don't wow. think like, yeah, it's a little much. I mean, they might not make the playoffs. Nobody at the point guard position that doesn't make the playoffs should be first team all NBA, but he should make an all NBA team averaging over thirty points a game. He could really go. So We'll see tonight, but, yeah, I like the Pelicans. You lean in New Orleans? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then real quick, these four teams that play tonight, they're ultimately fighting for the eighth seed. Can either of those Eastern Conference teams beat Milwaukee? Can either Western Conference team beat Denver? No. Okay. Can either can Miami beat Milwaukee? No. Can Minnesota beat Denver? No. Okay. Um, and then Lakers and Atlanta, they are now the seven seeds. Can either one of them win their series? Lakers can. The Lakers can win, but you wouldn't Lakers pick Atlanta can. to beat Boston. I would not. No, I wouldn't either. No, that Jason Tatum, that's a different type of dog. Okay. Yeah, no, he's, he's, <laughs> he's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. And, and plus Malcolm Brogdon being traded over there, that's that's huge. You know, he might get the uh, sixth man of the year. That's that's a big get, but yeah, I people are asking me right now about Zion. I I feel really bad for him. We know he, he he's not playing for sure, no. right? Yeah, he's still out. Yeah, still out. Oh, man, yeah. Another reason you got to feel bad for those New Orleans guys because that's this is not the team they thought they would have. They thought he would play at some point, but he obviously has not uh, has not played a ton. Uh, ESPN has it all tonight on the nine ten games. Losers are done. The winners will have to win one more game on Friday to get in. So the Chicago-Toronto winner will play Miami on Friday. Winner is the eight seed in the East. The Oklahoma City-New Orleans winner will play Minnesota on Friday. The winner is the eight in the West. And again, Milwaukee and Denver are those teams that are going to be the opponents. So plenty of NBA uh, as it gets cranked up. The actual playoff series will get started a little bit later on. As we told you, Saturday is that Atlanta-Boston series. Sunday is the Lakers-Memphis series. Everything starts on the weekend because they're saving Friday for those eight seed games. So by the time we get to Saturday is when we will have everybody set and then we get into true four out of seven series. That's still four out of seven, right? They haven't gone back to three out of fives? Four out of sevens right away? Four out of sevens. Four out of sevens right away. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, Uh, so I I get what people are saying now when they're asking about Zion. Apparently Zion said today 
that when they asked when he'll be ready to play, said, physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I understand the magnitude of these games coming up, and I don't want to be out there hesitating or doing something that may affect my team in a bad way. So Wait a second. Kind of like it's like they're saying are, you're, he's cleared? Physically, he's fine? He's, like they, the doctors are saying, you're clear to go, but he's like Kawhi Leonard-ish. I'm not mentally ready. Wow, that is a different story because my it's really assu- different. My assumption is it's always it's going to be structural with him, and as soon as a doctor says play, Zion's out there. But I guess that's not it. Yeah, I'm looking at another page. Said Pelican staff has cleared him. Wow. Okay. He's just mentally can't do it. I do. I, I would say at this point. Knowing everything that's out in front of you, would you re- even if he was even if he had been cleared, would you really want to play him in a game like tonight? Yeah, you know, Hell, yeah, I want to want to play him. What you're fighting and clawing to get in on the back end of the playoffs yes. and to get fed to a one seed? Yes, you're playing. You're cleared. We drafted you number one. I know. No, no Ben Simmons stuff like and. Ben Simmons, number one pick, too. Right. Like, he had these issues. Yeah. Being cleared and stuff, and him mentally, I'm not ready, this and that. So, oh, I'm not, I'm, wow. not, I'm not saying that we don't need to be respectful of, like, the mental health side of things. If I'm Zion Williamson, I would not have got put that out there. No. I would not have put that out there at all. Let everybody continue to believe that you are not, you have not been cleared to play. Yeah, especially when you're talking in third person and stuff. Yeah. Nah, dog. Well, you're asking if Zion's ready? Nah, that ain't a good look. That's, that. Zion's Zion's been cleared. I'm all about the mental health too, but when you start talking in third person and you're cleared and stuff, (laughs) bruh, ah, you're a Duke guy too. I'm thinking of Kyrie. It's like, bro, Zion, come on. Zion's been cleared. The question is, is Zion clear? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. So you need to stand back and let me figure out how to clear things out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, hold on, guys. It's Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I am speaking that real. I know. I'm definitely speaking that real. Salute. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Coming up, we will get you where we at in society with Zay. And uh, then it is Chip Brown at uh, 205. Chip Brown from Horns247.com to preview the spring game. We are three days away. Will you see Arch Manning? If so, how much? And how much conversation will there be after the game? We're talking about all of it this week on the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, rolling through a Wednesday. We hope you are having a good one. Oh, wow, okay. Man, we're going back to probably mid to late 80s on this one. Uh, This might be a cover. Really? Okay. Tur- oh, well, you may be right. Okay, so is this Gloria Estefan? There we go. Is that just her or is it and the Miami Sound Machine? I don't know. It's just her. Okay, because back in the- I just see her. Gotcha. Back in the day, it was uh, when, when Conga hit, it was the full Miami Sound Machine, and then later on it was Gloria Estefan. So either way, 
We'll get Gloria Estefan involved today, along with Paul Davis, Neil Diamond, and Slaughter. Um, we hope you are having a great Wednesday. Remember, Wednesday Night Flex tonight at 7, Longhorn Blitz Podcast at 8, Fight Night at 9, and 10 o'clock at Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. It will feature the Dustin Rhodes interview that Stu got uh, of Dustin talking about uh, the biography of his dad, the great Dusty Rhodes, that hit A&E last week. You'll get Dustin's thoughts on it this week with Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Uh, Before we get into where we at in society, we were continuing to look at these Zion Williamson comments. And, Zay, I'm glad we dug into that a little bit. It's just such a weird story, not not to just try to be too old-school fan about this thing, but... And again, if there's a mental health issue going on here, you want to respect that. But for him to say, physically I'm fine, it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I know the atmosphere I'd be entering based off a playoff experience. Now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. If he is not talking about some kind of a fear of being re-injured or a mental health battle... That's the kind of thing that would make Kobe Bryant punch him in the face. Yeah. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm 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 just a little confused as to exactly where he's going with this. Between him and the team, I think this has been presented very strangely. Yeah, and they kind of just you think about his teammates. If you're able to play, then you should play. Or let us know you're struggling with mental health. We're in 2023. We could take that. I have way more respect if you said that, but, again, putting yourself in third person, talking about you're physically able to play, just you'll go out there when Zion's ready to. I don't appreciate that with this team having so much positive aspirations during this time of the year. If he were healthy, now sitting at the ninth spot. Yeah. Trying to fight themselves in. Now, the story I pulled up here, it does say he later indicated it was more of of a mental challenge of not hesitating before making certain moves, which he felt would hurt the team more than his absence. So maybe he is walking towards that idea of like, and he just doesn't want to out and out say – he doesn't want to feel like he's an NBA player saying, I'm scared of re-injuring it. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like, look, them clearing me is one thing, but I have to feel like I can go out there and really be me and cut like I want to cut and not fear it. But, dude, we've heard that through the years. Yeah, don't go the Ben Simmons route. All the guys have talked about that through the years. Of, Man, I got to test it one time. I need to get hit in football. Got to get hit one time, and then I know. You know, I got to go plant one time. Hey, if you go, I'm not trying to tell somebody to go get hurt, but look, man, if, you, if you've been cleared and there's not some really serious, crazy thing going on where you can't get out there, well, okay, if you go out there and get hurt, you go out there and get hurt. Yeah. and if It you, can always happen. We and, know that. And you've seen that happen. It happened to one of Texas' greatest, Kevin Durant. Yes. 2019. He was cleared for, what was that, game three of the NBA Finals in Toronto, and he ends up tearing his Achilles. Yeah. So and he made it what a couple games maybe right no, toward it, the end no, of the series or was it that it game? It was just that game. Ugh, it yeah. was that game that he came back. And I, but you know, I respected the hell out of him after that I night. I did too. I was like, damn, that's a tough dude right there. I did there. too. And people don't talk about that enough. The respect you should have for Kevin Durant, knowing yeah. okay, we could three peat, and these guys need me because if they don't have me, we lose. And what happened? They lost. Right. Kawhi Leonard and those guys won the game. So even though 
KD had to go through all the rehab and stuff, and you know that was brutal. He still came back, and he's still dealing with certain injuries. The Suns are holding their breath. Hopefully he could stay healthy during this playoff run. But this is what you get paid to do. And being a former number one pick like Zion was, the franchise, you have a lot of responsibility for the franchise. You just do. And that's probably a big part of the reason he's second-guessing himself. Like, he wants to do the right thing and do the best thing for himself and for the franchise. But I think that's plain. Yeah, that's a weird story. That is weird, weird stuff. All right, we'll keep our eye on that one as well. Let's get you a quick where we at in society here to end end the hour. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, what do you got? Did I send you the DMs? Uh, let me see. I have something. The last thing I have is the fake proposal. Okay, I'm sending it to you right now because okay. people there it are is. just ridiculous as always. All right. The last dance sneakers, the Jordan 13s that MJ wore in Game 6 of the 1998 NBA Finals okay. are being sold for $2.2 million. Wow, one pair of shoes? I can't stand you people. 2.2? I mean... Does Mike come over and wear them and walk around my house? That's the thing. Is he going... Mike, it better come with Mike and Brian Russell. Yeah, And I need right. to see that move every day before I get home. Yes. Right when I, right when I get to the crib, I need to see that slight push off Mike, and that jumper. Mike with the gooseneck. Yes. <laughs> and they need to rock the gear. I need Brian Russell to rock yes. those yes. ugly-ass Utah Jazz jerseys yeah. and Jordan to rock the Bulls. Uh-huh. I need it all. And every once in a while, I need to Phil Jackson to call me on the phone just to let me know what's up. Whew. And to tell me about his rendezvous with Jenny Buss back in the day. I like how this story says, comma, the highest price ever paid at auction for a pair of sneakers thanks for letting us know that y'all have lost y'all's mind (laughs) thank you for letting us know 2.2 with how much eggs are and inflation and the fact that folks are this dumb to do this like i get it he's the goat greatest of all time he changed the way we look at basketball he changed the way we look at shoes but yo let's Whoever did this has a serious problem. And, yeah, they got the means, obviously, but they got a serious problem. Hold on, Zay. Am I reading this right? Sotheby's announced that a pair of signed Jordan sneakers that were worn in the second half of Game 2? Oh, stop it. They're not even Game 6. Game 2 of the 98 They're not even Game 6. Oh. Oh, my God. What's the Game 6 one going to sell for? (laughs) What's that pair selling for? 5? 6.8? Yeah, because, excuse me, that's not even the Jordan 13 in uh, Game 6. Game 6, he wears the Jordan 14s. So that's my bad, Jordan sneaker ads. Wow. That's Game 2? Game (laughs) 2. Did they even win that game? I don't know. I'd have to go look. I would have to go look. That's crazy. That's a shame. Game 2. Oh, my God. All the things you could invest in. Get to the less fortunate. Well, let's hope somebody's benefiting. Like, let's hope this 2.2 is going to, like, a really good cause. Can we get somebody benefiting from this? 2.2. Like. And it's not even the last game. If I'm paying that much, I need John Stockton also to come to the crib, and I need to watch John Stockton get a COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. I I really don't think you're asking for enough. (laughs) I I think I need full rosters. I really do. I think Carl, I think Stockton. 
Was Greg Ostertag on that team on the other side? I need them all to show up. I need Mike. I need Scotty. Jerry Sloan from the dead. We'll we'll try to see exactly. We'll get some, you know, we'll have have a representative from the Sloan family. Can we please? Michael and Scotty, let's pile it in. Somebody call Dennis Rodman. We're going to have to get this together. I need the pizza owner of the place that where the pizza got sent to yes. Jordan's uh, hotel room where he got the food poisoning. Oh we need that, Lord. too, even though that was 97. Y'all are wilding. That is brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. I uh, I am not going to retweet that. I do not want to support such things. Eh, that's gross. <laughs> that's gross. We can't even be – I don't even want to spread the word on that any more than we already have. Two o'clock hour coming up. Let's talk to Chip Brown of Horns247.com about the spring game. Then coming up at 2.30 in Why Today Matters, it is real simple. Today's a day that's got me thinking about fans and fan bases. I want to hear from you folks. Give me some of your – other than your own – Give me some of your favorite fan bases and your least favorite fan bases. That comes up at 2.30. Uh, Glad you're with us on a Wednesday. This is The Horn.